Before I introduce Wampus Reynolds this morning, I'm going to play a previously recorded uh, reading that he did of part of his book, Way I See It. Chapter 6. While loading the washed sex sheets into the dryer, I see cobwebs in the upper corner of this tiny add-on. They form a gate in front of some banker boxes on a flimsy plywood sheet laid over the rafters. The laziest version of a shelf I've ever fashioned. Parts of Holden lay in there. I'm not ready to go there. I can't look at the pictures, the letters, the videotapes of us doing whatever, goofing off, bad commercial parodies, attempts at revolutionary music. I'm not ready to look at any image of Holden, to see it as a recording of someone gone, something past, not yet. He was a character. That line echoes in Robin's clear, low, and resonant voice. Her sentences usually come out in a precise but pleasing rhythm. This one is no different. Robin, you meant nothing by it, but that sentence drags me down a spiral. He was a man. He felt all the feelings and thought all the thoughts. He expressed so much. That word character flattens him. It makes him someone with one role in your life. He comes into view, makes you laugh, and he gets out. The whole sentence should be, he was a character to me. You don't open your whole life to someone who is a character. It's a good defense. My name is Melanie B. Highland from Norman, Oklahoma, and I belong to the Tornado Alley chapter of Siblings in Crime, a national organization dedicated to education for mystery and crime writers of all genders. The newly approved Tornado Alley chapter sponsors this podcast to support and promote local and regional writers, whether they are well-established or emerging. Today's interview is being recorded on October 13, 2021, in the Make It Lab studio of Pioneer Library Central Branch in Norman, Oklahoma. The interview is scheduled to be released Friday, December 17, 2021. My special guest today is local comedian, cheese connoisseur, and mystery writer, Wampus Reynolds of Norman. If you're familiar with Norman, you may remember Wampus from his stand-up comedy run at Opolis on North Crawford and the live talk show he hosted there. Or you may have met him behind the cheese counter at Forward Foods, now operating online because of COVID. So welcome, Wampus. Thank you, Melanie. It's great to be here. I became acquainted with Wampus through email after I read his first novel, Way I See It, which came out in 2020. So tell us something about what inspired you to write this novel. Well, um, I have always wanted to write. Uh, I have written short pieces. I have started different things, you know, throughout life. Um, And I'm a big fan of the mystery genre, uh, it's it's one I just unconsciously gravitate towards. I, I try to do contemporary fiction and stuff, or even historical fiction, classics. But I find myself looking at mysteries more often than not. Um, and so the pandemic, well, I started writing right before the pandemic. Um, we were changing locations for our shop, and it just afforded a little time to, to think about this. Also, the approaching uh, milestone birthday of being 50, I wanted to do something before I turned 50. That was kind of a fire under me. But uh, then the pandemic came and really kicked me into high gear into writing. 
And then just also um, the premise or the idea for this uh, novel, uh, it, it started really occupying my mind and, and how to explore it. So that all those, you know, came together to, to kick me in the pants and finish the thing. Well, that's great. I mean, so there there are some productive things that came out of the quarantine. Yes. You know? <laughs> no. Yeah. Health and fitness, which I thought might happen. No. No. But uh, but I did write, so I I did did get something out of it. I guess. Oh, you sure did. <laughs> well, when I read the novel, I was really uh, I was really taken, or and probably because of my own experience with long term friendships, I was just really taken by the friendship. Uh, the main character has with uh, with someone, a childhood friend uh, in the novel. And I, I really like seeing a contemporary take on male friendship, especially in a mystery novel, because I don't think that's really very common. Uh, and so I thought maybe you might want to talk about themes and things like that in your novel. Yeah, um the theme of male friendship, you know, is a is a big one in it, and I would say that it is explored in mystery novels. Like, you know, Sam's it's usually their old partner if it's a policeman or a detective. Like Sam Spade always talks about his old partner, um, and yeah, and there's always friends and. Inevitably, in mystery novels, there's a, a, a disappointment or a betrayal, and. Um, yeah, it's just something to ruminate on in that way. And so, yeah, I wanted to do that. Um, other themes I wanted to talk about, well, I really wanted to explore this subculture in Norman of, you know, people who move here from to college, have a great time, and then they don't leave because they want to continue that great time. And, you know, inevitably that great time has to end and how it ends and how they – you know, they either grow, figure out how to thrive or just survive. And I, I, I just think it's an interesting group of people that I hadn't seen in, in mysteries or books in general. Especially, you know, Norman is, um, it's an interesting place in, in ways. And it's just something I know well being here. I think all all generations relate to that because uh, my friends from childhood went to school here, then they lived here. Yeah. And I retired. I moved back here. And so people who go to school here do come back here. And, and so I, I that's a recognizable thing to me, you know, over 20 years older than you are. And, and you had some things, some thoughts, I think, about Generation X, too. That, that oh, yeah. Um, and... That was less of a conscious theme, but right. I have found in, you know, in doing comedy, uh, in doing some performances, I remember I was helped my friends with this crazy art performance and someone came up to me after and said, oh, I loved that this was this and said a plot that we didn't think of, but I loved his idea of the plot. I said, well, that makes it really good. And... My friend, who's a little older, told me, he said, this is a Gen X narrator. And when I think about it, it really is. It's um, Gen X is a, uh, I feel, especially my part of Gen X, uh, it, 
is a is a generation full of self reproach, um, almost self loathing in a way, but um, just one that that is uh, is more about reaction than action. I would say, in a way. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but I found that really interesting because that you know when you talked about it with me before okay. I. Um, I just I hadn't thought about that, but then yeah. that builds the the certainly the angst of the character and and his dilemmas and yes. so forth. Well, one of the things I liked a lot was the style of your novel. You have a hard drinking kind of I I would say hard boiled amateur detective, uh, but I think there's a lot of wit, not just uh, gritty realism in the novel and. Uh, I think, you know, as a writer of comedy, I think you you bring something special to the novel. I looked I I went to a Sisters in Crime, Siblings in Crime webinar this last week on comedy and mystery novels. And I think people just have it or they don't have it. But it's sure fun to read and and so how you how you do how you uh, use that as part of your style? Maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I uh, I wanted the narrator uh, to be wry, and um, I think it's important to the plot that he that sometimes humor and cle- implies that he's there's. He's making a, a a conscious distance between him and the action around him. Uh, I think that is sometimes humor. You know, it's you know, it, it's kind of like therapy where you talk about something and you make it outside of you know, you externalize it and you analyze it and know it's not part of you. And I think humor does that in a way um, where people use wit to. Uh, to deflect or, you know, to not internalize pain or frustrations, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah, I I thought one of the first lines I thought of that he would say was, um, was about his friend's funeral. And he said, a funeral is where you find out where someone's mom went to church. You know, I, I just I always thought of that as a line to put in, in a book. So I always wanted to uh, use that. And, you know, there's a couple of other things in there, I'm sure. Um, yeah, but humor was a conscious choice to put into this narrator's voice. Um, it, it still is a craft. If you don't feel you're born with it or good with it, I think you can uh, help refine it. Um you yeah you don't know until it's on the page and you can see it if it's if it will work or not well uh without without giving away anything we don't want to we don't have want to have any spoilers could you just uh tell people who haven't read your book a little bit about your your character and how he gets uh gets sort of pulled into the solving a mystery oh sure so um Cole Posel is it's a first person novel and written in present tense. I like to talk about the mechanics because that was 
um, and it was something I was not used to and, and writing in that style. And so I like to talk about it because it, it was, uh, it was work to do and to keep it in that tense. But it's about, um, a man in his early thirties who, uh, who lives in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, he, he has really no discernible job. Uh, he owns a couple of houses, rent houses, um, and plays the stocks. But um, he, um, at the first of the uh, of the novel, he is seen um, what he thinks is gently um, letting down a young woman. He had he had. Uh, uh, hooked up with the night before, but at that he finds out uh, from a policeman who becomes a very important part of the novel uh, that his old best friend had been killed, had been shot uh, around Lake Thunderbird, which is east of town, and uh, his old classmate, a uh, a real estate agent in Norman now, who is married to a pastor of a mega church, um, she comes and kind of convinces him that they need to to investigate and to see what happened and why this happened and who did it uh, because there's no suspects. And so the it's about him and this woman uh, encountering different people in Norman who uh, knew his old best friend, who he wasn't really close with at the time, and uh, him learning about his best friend's life that he didn't know uh, was going on. And his best friend from childhood, they uh, they uh, grew up in Bethany, Oklahoma, which is a uh, suburban town of Oklahoma City. And then it, it, you find out who the killer is at the end, and, and that's all I'll say. Well, I think that I think that's all you need to say. Yeah. But uh, that that's provocative enough. I think you know. And I think especially uh, local people will like all the local settings. Yeah. But it doesn't. But you don't have to be from Norman or ever have no. been here to to just get yeah. that it's a it's a cosmopolitan place in some ways, but it's really a very it's a small town and and a lot of people yeah. know each other and. and well, it's like any, specifically like documentaries, where you you examine something very specific and very unique, and then you kind of extrapolate the universal from it. You know, everyone. I think you know. I my I have a blurb from a, an author in San Francisco on my on my cover now, and and you know my friend in England really loves it, and it's and. You know, the biggest praise is, you know, someone I don't know who lives, I think, in Rhode Island. So, you know, it's just, it's, Norman could be a hook, but I think, uh, I think if you like mysteries, you will like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I, well, I don't want to keep harping on my, my thing about <laughs> friendship, which was, sure. you know, but, uh, but I think you're right. Of course, there are a lot of male friendships in, you know, in partners and buddies and, and stuff in, in crime fiction uh, with men. 
I think, I, I may be wrong, but I think there are not so many that go back and do childhood. That's because true. Because the hard-boiled detective, we don't really usually hear much about his mom or, yeah, you know, or, that's or very his mom's true. church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I guess that was something that I added that I hadn't seen, but I didn't think about it at that. I just thought of uh, providing a more complete um presentation of of these characters so it made sense to me so i guess yeah well more complete i th- i think yeah. that's right i think that that's what's modern about the book is that you know there's 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 sex and drinking and action and violence and all kinds of stuff happening and there's uh and there's a well-rounded character in there not just a detached from yeah. the world character experiencing all of that and i and i really i really enjoyed that about your book um but i know that you write a lot of other things and so you you this isn't like your first foray into writing and yeah. so you want to talk a little bit about your how you start writing or your writing career or well uh you know in nonfiction, I was a columnist at the OU Daily for a summer. Um, I have submitted and had published a couple, a list for McSweeney's. Um, I've written a couple of essays and um, and some short stories. There was a, a, a compilation of short stories. Fair uh, must be ten years now, but um, that I wrote a short story for and. Uh, Sterling Harjo, who uh, does Reservation Dogs, he has a story in it as well. So short stories I've done and, and some essays and and then, you know, writing comedy, you know, is, is you know, it's it's a spoken thing. But I it's it's something you write out first or I do. Cool. Um, and and. Uh, in a prior conversation, you told me that you liked to read authors who were kind of outside of your comfort zone. I try. And so who, who are some people who inspire you or writers you like? I mean, it's like, I know that's a huge question yeah. for people <laughs> who read. But, but uh, you know, maybe who are you reading now or who are some people who've really influenced you? Uh, right now I'm finishing up uh, the Blanche series by Barbara Neely, who uh, released, these are cozy mysteries, mm-hmm. and, um, and she's an African-American writer, and, and the uh, protagonist, Blanche White, she is a uh, a domestic, a housemaid, and um, in the Carolinas, and then in Massachusetts, and then summer in Maine, and uh it's very interesting because of, of the racial issues and how she is sensitive to things I would not be for sure as a, as a white man. Uh, the mysteries are almost beside the point. Uh, you know, I read – I don't I, – I'm sure you've read a mystery and you're like, oh, I liked that. Wait, who did it anyway? You know, <laughs> it's like the classic is The Big Sleep, the movie, <laughs> where, you know, everyone's like – that makes no sense at all. I don't know what happened, but you know the ride. It's all about the ride, and and for Barbara Neely, it's it's all about um, talking about those racial issues, um, and she seems very prescient. Uh, it seems the dialogue and debates today. She was talking about, you know, 
almost 30 years ago. Um, Steph Cha is a Korean-American writer from L.A. who's written a few novels who I really liked. Uh, one thing is I lived in L.A. for two years, and uh, one of you know the settings was a street I lived on. So that was fun to see. Uh, my all-time favorite author is Ross Thomas, who was originally from Oklahoma City, and he— and he's an inspiration because he didn't start writing until much later, until his late 40s. Um, and he writes thrillers. But that wry voice I take from him, he has that in every book of his. Uh, he's a great writer. And, uh, yeah, just all the classics. I, yeah, but Yeah, but I'm making deliberate choices now to, to write, to read more female writers and more... Um, Authors of color. It just, um, I think it's important to uh, to see these viewpoints and also to recognize talent that you know in years past might have been ignored over over white men. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think that's uh, a lot of what Sisters and Siblings in Crime is all about. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's. Uh, it's a great organization. I, I, I really like getting the emails, and I do not like to add any ideas or opinions because I want to uh, defer. I think uh, I think the people who are speaking up know know how to better this organization and and help and reach out to voices that aren't mine. So I like I like uh, supporting it. For sure. Well, and outside of writing, um, you have a you have a business, and so what are some other things you're doing? Uh, well, right now I'm trying to write my second novel, trying to complete it. Um, it's a dark comic novel. Um, I wouldn't call it a mystery, but it's. More crime is seeping into it as I as I continue writing it. Um, it's almost a comedy of errors, but um, yeah, I'm trying to finish that. Uh, waiting till the percentage of vaccination uh, is up enough where I feel comfortable going out uh, to do comedy again. I I. My son is 11. When he turns 12 and, and can be vaccinated, I, I think I'll, I'll be a little more uh, relaxed and comfortable. I just I don't want to go out and pass COVID to him so, you know, I could tell a dumb joke on stage. So I'm waiting, no. I'm waiting for that. So patience is, is there for that. I would really appreciate you coming in and sharing these things. And I think that our listeners will be really interested and in, in hearing about uh, hearing about your process and feel inspired by it and, and hearing about some of the books you're reading who uh, are also people who've been involved with Sisters in Crime. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you have some advice or some things that you would tell people who... Uh, who want to start writing or who've been writing? Um, it's easier to edit than write. <laughs> um, uh, so just know it. it is. It's not, you know, I achieved maximum flow maybe once in my life, maybe twice. 
And it's just, it's, it's something you smooth out in editing. Um, also, for this book I wrote, the way I see it, I had a definite beginning and a definite ending, you know, and I, I started off with that, and I didn't wait to outline everything. I, I, uh, I just let it flow. I, I, I just wrote and, and then would surprise myself, and that, that's the most fun part about writing is when you surprise yourself and say, oh, this is a detail of the character I just wrote down that I didn't even think about before. You know, those surprises are the best. And just uh, love your characters and, um, you know, and also get the action on the page. I, you know, I guess, you know, during the drafts of this one, I was like, oh, wait, you know, he got a phone call about this thing that happened why don't you just have them there when it happened you know you know always have the action in front of you and also subject verb and active active voice is better than passive voice journalism style yeah you got to do it journalism style for hard-boiled for sure that's great advice (laughs) Thanks so much for coming. Well, thank you, Melanie. I appreciate you being here. And um, we will be airing this on in November, November 17th, I believe, which is a Friday. Uh, December 17th. December. I'm sorry. December. Yeah. And so our our next, uh, the, well, anyway, that doesn't matter. Okay. (laughs) Merry Christmas, all. (laughs) All right.